John chapter 10, verse 14, the Bible said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we bow before you, I thank you for the word of God and for another opportunity that we have this side of eternity to preach your word. And Lord, I realize without the power of God that I can do nothing. I desire, Lord, that you would use me. I could bring honor to your name in all that I say. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to my own heart and the hearts of each individual that's gathered here. May we leave here today a better servant for you. I pray if there be one outside of Christ that they'd be saved. Lord, do for us what only you can do, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to speak to you on the subject of knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus. I read about these three boys, and uh, they were talking about their dad. One of the little boys said, uh, my dad knows the governor of this state. Another little boy, not to be outdone, he said, that's nothing. He said, my dad knows the president of the United States. Third little boy whose dad was a preacher, he said, my dad knows God. <laughs> well, it's important that we know the Lord. And, uh, but it's more important that he know us. As verse 14 said, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Now it's one thing to know about somebody. It's another thing to know that person. I know about George Bush who was in our area yesterday, I understand, over in Hendersonville. And, uh, but if you ask George Bush if he knew me, he wouldn't know who you was talking about. Uh, I sent him a bunch of money every year, but, <laughs> well, not directly to him, but uh, he don't know who I am. I don't really know him. I know about him. And I'm afraid that uh, that same thing is true with some people's relationship to Jesus Christ. They know Jesus like I know the president. And that's not salvation. People say, I believe in God. That doesn't save you. devil believes that, James says. And uh, in fact, I believe it's possible to believe everything that I believe about Jesus Christ and be lost. I believe you can believe in the virgin birth. You can believe his sinless life. You can believe his substitutionary death. You can believe his bodily resurrection. You can be a premillennialist, pre-tribulation. You can believe the rapture. You can believe all that. I believe all that. And uh, a person can believe all that, uh, believe everything that I believe about Jesus Christ and still not know Jesus Christ personally. And that's the big question. Do you know him personally? Turn your Bible back to 1 Samuel. Book of 1 Samuel. Chapter 3, page 322 in your Schofield Bible. And uh, 
we find Samuel, if you read the story, there uh, uh, in the first part of this book, Hannah was childless. She was not able to have a child. And she begs God for a child. And she said, Lord, if you'll give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And God heard her prayer, and God gave her Samuel. And when Samuel was weaned, she took him up to Eli, the priest, and he became a servant in the house of God. And now Samuel is growing up, and he goes to sleep one night, and the Lord calls Samuel. And in verse 4, the Lord calls Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I call not, lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again Samuel, and Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I call not my son, lie down, lie down again. Now Samuel thinks it's Eli calling for him. So this was an audible, evidently God spoke audibly to Samuel. But notice what he says in verse 7. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Now Samuel knew about the Lord. You believe that, don't you? He grew up in the, in the, uh, with Eli there, the tabernacle, worship and all. He knew about God. He had heard about the miracles in the wilderness and he probably knew all about the Lord. He knew who God was. He knew there was one God. He knew the Ten Commandments. And in a sense, he knew the Lord, but he did not know the Lord. And we have a world of church people today. They know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus personally. They're just like Samuel. He did not know the Lord. And the Lord calls Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou hast called me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Now three times he calls him. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be. If he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, then Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord begins to speak to Samuel. Now Samuel comes to know the Lord personally. He had known about the Lord. But now he really knows the Lord Jesus. I grew up in church. I, when my childhood, I was taken to church, and I knew about Jesus. If you had asked me, do you, you believe in the virgin birth? I'd have said yes. You believe Jesus was without sin? I'd have told you yes. You believe he was the Son of God? I'd have said yes. You believe he died on the cross for sinners? I'd have answered yes. Do you believe he rose from the dead? I'd have said yes to all those things, but I did not know Christ. I knew about him. But there came a day in my life when I came to know him personally as my Savior. I hope that happened to you. If it has not happened, it needs to. Because just knowing about Christ will not get you to heaven. You have to know him personally. Now to know Christ is to know the Scriptures. 
John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. Now we know the Son through the Scriptures. And we know the Scriptures through the Son. John 5, 39, search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and there they which testify of me. It is the Word of God that reveals Christ to us and brings salvation to us. You cannot be saved apart from the Scripture. You can't be born again. You can't go to heaven without being born again. And you can't be born again without the Word of God. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Turn over there with me, please. 1 Peter 1, 23. You may want to mark that and, and use it. I've used it often in witnessing the people. 1 Peter 1, 23. Look at verse 24 and 25 also. That's page 13, 12. And he said, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. I realize around here you hear a lot about the Bible, and we believe the Bible is the infallible, inspired, inerrant word of God. Every word of it is the word of God. We believe it's preserved in the King James Version of the Bible. And you hear, you say, why are you folks so dogmatic? on that issue. Well, it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of heaven and hell. That's why we're so dogmatic. He says we're born again by the Word of God. Now, if that be true, and it is true according to the Bible, if, you, if, if we're born again by the Word of God, then you must have the Word of God to get born again, right? I believe we have the Word of God. What do you believe? Yes. Because if we don't have the Word of God, we don't have a new, we don't, you can't get born again because that's what it takes. That's what you have to have. And he said that it endures forever. There will never be a time when the Word of God won't be here. And this is the Word which by the gospel is preached unto you. He said, this is what I'm preaching to you. And this is what will save you. So we come to know Jesus through the Scriptures. And we come to know the Scriptures through Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2.14 But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. People say, I can't, I can't, the Bible don't make any sense to me. I don't read the Bible because I try to read the Bible and I don't understand nothing it says. You have to have Jesus to understand the Bible. They said about the living Bible, I think it was, we want a Bible. We want a paraphrase, not a Bible anyway. We want a Bible that reads like the daily newspaper. God never intended for the Bible to read like the newspaper. 
The Bible is a work of a supernatural God given to men to write down and to be understood we must be born again. We must have the indwelling Spirit of God to understand the Scripture. John 7, 17 said, If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine, whether it be of God, whether I speak of myself. If you're a child of God, you can recognize truth and error. If you're saved, if you have the Holy Spirit of God, you're familiar with the Bible. And if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God, you can read the Bible and you can understand it. That doesn't mean you know everything that there is to know about it. I don't know that. No one else knows that I, that I know anything about. In fact, the more you study, the more you learn, the more you realize how little you do know and how much more there is to comprehend and to learn. But you can have an understanding of the Scriptures and you can recognize truth and error if you're a child of God. If you know Jesus Christ personally instead of just knowing about him, he shall know the doctrine. When I hear a man preach, if he's preaching error, I can recognize it. Not because I have any special ability of my own, but because I have the Word of God in my heart and I have the Holy Spirit of God in my heart, a gift from God, and, uh, and we can know the doctrine. Jesus said, if you do His will, you'll know the doctrine, whether it is of God or whether I speak of myself. He was simply saying then, the reason you don't recognize truth is because you don't, you're not saved. That's your problem. And they weren't saved. They were religious, but they were lost. To know Jesus Christ is to know the Scriptures, and apart from the Scriptures, we cannot know Him. And apart from him, we can't know the scriptures. Then to know Jesus Christ personally is to know security. Look down in John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What did he say? I give unto them eternal life. Didn't say we earned it. Didn't say we deserved it. He said, I give it to them. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. All he would have had to say was, I give them eternal life for it to be eternal. But he adds another uh, second truth, and he said, they shall never perish. Now, if that's not security, I don't know what is. I don't know how you could get security. If I have eternal life, I've got eternal life forever. I've got life for, for eternity, right? Let's say I have eternal life. People say, well, I'll tell you, uh, you, you may have it, but you can lose it. How can you lose something that's eternal? If I've got it today, and 10 years from now I lose it, is it eternal? No, it isn't. Now, you don't have to be an English major to understand that. If it's eternal, it's eternal. When is it eternal? That's the question. It's eternal now. 
John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. What tense is that? Past, present, or future? Hath everlasting life. Present tense, isn't it? And shall not... Again, he reemphasizes it. If there's any question about it, well, I've got it now, but I may not have it tomorrow. He that heareth my word, believeth on them, him that see me, hath everlasting life, and shall not, future tense, shall not come into condemnation, but is past some death unto life. The Lord said, I've given you eternal life, I've given it to you right now, and you will never, never go to hell. You'll never in the future be without it shall not come into condemnation. What a blessing. Now that comes with knowing Jesus. <laughs> that comes with knowing, not just knowing about Jesus, but knowing Jesus personally and having him living within you. Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1.12, For I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him, against that day. Notice the first thing you said, I know, I know whom I have believed. I know Jesus Christ. Now Paul was religious. He knew about Jesus. He knew about God. He knew about the scriptures. He knew a whole lot about the scriptures. I mean, it's possible to have, uh, have a very good education and still be lost. And here's a man uh, that... Uh, that, that was highly educated, knew all about religion, but he didn't know Jesus personally. But now he said, I know whom I have believed. And I'll tell you, the only people that have security are those that know Jesus. You can't ever know that you're going to heaven without knowing Christ personally. And before Paul was, uh, you know, before he got saved, there's no way he could have that assurance of his salvation, though he thought he was all right. Thought he was doing what he's supposed to do. But he said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. If my salvation depended on me, I'd, I'd lose it before the day was out. But thank God it don't depend on me, it depends on Christ. And that's a blessed, wonder. you know, you can lay down at night and close your eyes, isn't it wonderful? And lay there in peace and thank God your salvation is secure and you, got, you, know, you know heaven's yours because you trust in Christ. You're dependent on him. You're relying upon him. You're not dependent on your own goodness or your own efforts to save you. We had a uh, young lady saved in our school this week. She knew about Jesus, but she didn't know Jesus personally. She got on a conviction in chapel Wednesday. And I guess it was Friday. I talked to her, Miss Robinson, Friday. She got saved. It's one thing to know about Jesus. It's another thing to know Jesus personally. To know him as your Savior, to trust him, to rely upon him to save you. Then to know Jesus Christ is to know the Spirit of God 
over in the book of First John. In fact, let's just turn there. First John, written here by the same man, inspired by the Spirit of God. First John, chapter three. First John, chapter three, verse twenty-four. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. And then in 1 John 4, 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. I'm on page 13, 24. Sorry I didn't give you the page there. 1 John 4, uh, 13, page 1324, 4.13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Now how do we know we're saved? We know we're a child of God by the Holy Spirit. How do I know that I know Christ? Because he gives his, he comes inside of me to live in the person of the Holy Spirit. And then 1 John 5, and verse 6, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is a spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. Now, he said here that the spirit bears witness. How do I know I know Jesus? By the spirit of God. He bears witness. How does he do that? Romans 8, 16 the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, if you read that verse, uh, the first spirit is a capital letter. The next spirit is a small letter. The first spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. The next spirit is our individual spirit. The spirit of man is that that makes us God conscious, and that's where the Holy Spirit of God lives. And he bears witness with our spirit. They are children of God. I've heard preachers interpret that. Well, I'll tell you, I know this person's saved because their spirit bears witness to one another. As the Bible said in Romans, their spirit bears witness to one another, and therefore we're saved. That's what you call taking it out of context. The Bible does not say our spirit bears witness to one another's spirit that we're saved. I can't. Now, we, we have fellowship. If, if we'll walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and certainly we can fellowship in the spirit because we're like-minded. But... I know that I'm saved because the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Now, how does he do that? What does he use to bear witness to the Spirit of God? He uses the Word of God. If you ever doubt your salvation, go to the Word of God. That's what the Holy Spirit uses to give you assurance. That's where I got assurance. You say, have you ever died your salvation? I sure have. Where'd you get assurance? I got it from the Word of God. This same, same book that got me saved, same book that lets me know I am saved. First John, First John chapter, or has five chapters we're reading in, and this book was written primarily so that you can know that you're saved, so you can know it for sure. And as you read that book, if you are saved, the Holy Spirit of God will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God, that these things that are said in this book are true about you. And I'll tell you, I, I, I've, 
I went through it. I've, I've did a study on it at different times, and I've never went through it and studied it. But what I came up came through it, and when I got through it, I had more assurance than I ever had in my life. It'll have that effect if you're saved. People say, "Well, I read book first John didn't do nothing for me." Maybe you need to get saved. Because if you are saved and you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you and you'll go to that book with a real desire to know, God will show you. I believe that. It don't make me doubt. Well, uh, the Word of God don't make me doubt. Makes me know that I'm saved. The Holy Spirit of God. And Romans 8 9 said, If in now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his people that do not have the Holy Spirit of God they know they may know about Jesus Christ they may believe everything you believe about Jesus Christ but if they don't have the Spirit of God they are not saved every saved person has the Holy Spirit living in them not only that but to know Jesus Christ personally is to know him in service. John 10, verse 4 and 5, When he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. And verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I heard a story about... Uh, traveler who went to, to Israel, who went to the Holy Land, and, and if you ever go there, uh, you'll, uh, you'll observe uh, things done in some areas just like they were done in Bible times. Shepherds are common. Uh, Ms. Webb, she's been there. She's probably seen it. When I was there, I saw shepherds with their, with their flocks, flocks of sheep. Some had goats. And uh, in fact, there's a gate in the old city of Jerusalem called the Sheep Gate, and I have a slide, and it shows, it shows a shepherd going right into the gate of the old city with his sheep. But this traveler, this visitor in, in uh, Israel there, uh, he observed. They were there visiting this area, and the guide was explaining things to them and all, and, and the shepherd with their sheep began to come. This shepherd came and he came one direction with his sheep. Another came from another direction with his sheep and a couple more came different directions and, and uh, they, they were talking and meeting and, and uh, fellowshipping and, and the sheep were just got all mixed up together. And he asked the guide, he said, how in the world are they going to figure out whose sheep, which one belongs? There's, you know, there's no markings on them or uh, or whatever, no brand as I see. How are they going to figure out which, who, whose sheep is whose? He said, just watch. After a while, the shepherds started leading their flocks out to the grazing land different directions. And one of the shepherds, he gave his special call, and he began to call his sheep, and he started traveling out that direction. And all the sheep that belonged to him, they just started coming out from among those other sheep and followed that shepherd. 
Another shepherd, he gave his call and his sheep, they began to follow him and off in that direction. So with all the sheep. Because those sheep had been with that shepherd and they recognized his voice. And the Lord said, that's the way his sheep are. He said, they, they follow me, my sheep. He calls his own sheep by name. And he said, they will not follow stranger, for they know not the voice of strangers. The person that gets off in some cult, if you will talk to some of these off in some of these cults, you'll find they used to be Baptist. May I say, lost Baptist person that has the Spirit of God, a person that has Jesus living in their heart, I don't believe they're going to end up in, uh, you know, in the Mormon church. I believe they're going to recognize error. In fact, we had a young man who used to come to this church years ago. In fact, I, I think I baptized him. I believe I did. Someone said I did. He wrote me a letter. It's been two or three years ago, I guess now. He said he had seen the light. He found out that uh, the real truth was in the Jehovah Witnesses. That young man, though he made a profession, though I baptized him, that young man was never saved. You say, why was he not saved? If he was saved, he would not deny the deity of Jesus Christ. And a Jehovah Witness denies the deity of Jesus Christ. They deny that he is very God himself, and they are not saved if they believe that. They have a lot of other errors about hell and all, but the, the, the worst error they preach is that Jesus is not God, and you can't be saved and not believe that. Service. Turn back to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John 2, verse uh, 3, page 1322, 1 John 2, and verse, uh, verse number 3. And hereby we do know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him himself also so to walk even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Now look over in chapter 3, verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Notice what his commandment is here. This is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, Hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he hath given us. Now in chapter uh, 
back in John chapter 15, John chapter 15 and verse 10, page uh, 13, or page, sorry, page 1137, John 15, verse 10, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Now notice, the Bible said we can know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And verse, chapter 15 of John said, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now don't take this and say, well, to be saved, you have to keep the Ten Commandments. The Bible does not say that. Now, y'all, and let me hasten to say, you ought to keep the Ten Commandments. But we don't keep the Ten Commandments to be saved. If we have to do that, then none of us are saved because nobody has ever done it. Nothing wrong. We ought to do it. We ought to keep them. But the Lord said, I kept my Father's commandments and I want you to keep my commandments. And His commandments is I love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. His commandments is commandments of love. And Corinthians says, the love of Christ constraineth us. Now, we preach much on the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I believe that with all of my heart. But don't leave out verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. If you know Jesus Christ personally, instead of just knowing about him, it's going to result in a changed life. Jesus Christ will change your life. And if he doesn't change your life, you just have a head knowledge of Christ. You don't have Jesus inside. How do I know, my, how do I know Jesus? How do I know him as my Savior? He changed my life. Now, it doesn't go from the outside in, but it goes from the inside out. He changed my heart, and when he changes a man's heart, he changes his life. He gives us new desires. Man says, I'm saved. I, I, I come to know Jesus Christ, and he goes right back out, and he goes to the same, the same uh, uh, places of sin. He goes out with his still drinking his liquor and taking his drugs and listening to his rock music and living in sin and living like the devil. That man may know about Jesus Christ, but he doesn't know Jesus because Jesus Christ changes your life. You believe that? He gives us the ability to live right. We don't live right to get saved, but we get saved to live right. And there is a difference. You say, what's the difference? All the difference in the world. Huh. There's a whole lot of difference in living right to getting saved and getting saved to live right. All the difference in the world. In fact, you can't ever live good enough to get saved. 
salvation was that way, then none of us would have any hope. I know for sure I won't. But thank God it's of grace. But it results in a changed life. I believe when God saves a man, his life changes because he's changed inside. He's different inside. I believe that. It doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we never sin. I sin, yes, but I'll tell you one thing. I don't want to sin. And when I sin, God deals with me. I know he's inside of me because when I sin, he talks to me. What about you? Sure he does. The last point is supplication. Notice again in John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. I think this is, the, this is the key to knowing Jesus is that we know him and he knows us. If I knew President Bush, I know him, but he don't know me, so I don't know him. I know Sandy. <laughs> I know her. She knows me. I know my wife. I know you folks. But I don't know him. I know him, but he don't know me, see. So therefore, it's a different kind of knowledge, you understand. And, and here, the Lord said, I know my sheep and I know no mine. If we're a true believer, if we're truly saved, not only do we know him, he knows us. If you ask Jesus Christ, if you, do you know Dean Silver? I sure do. Yes, I'm, he's, a, he's, he's one of my sheep. I know him. He'd tell you that. I like over in the book of Job, the Lord said to the devil, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Job knew Christ, but more important than that, God knew him. Supplication. If you know the Lord, you can talk to him. Now, if I go home today and I call the White House, I say, I want to speak to the president. I'm going to speak to George Bush. You think I'd get through? Who is, who may I say is calling? This is Dean Silver. I'm a country preacher down in North Carolina. I want to talk to the president. I'm sorry. The president's busy. <laughs> you tell him who called. Ask him if he doesn't know me. I wouldn't get that far. But if they did ask him, they'd say, I don't know who in the world that is. I don't know that fella. I don't have time. I've, you know, I've got to win an election. I don't have time to fool with him. If I could deliver a thousand votes, he'd probably talk to me. Or if I had a thousand dollars to give him, or ten thousand, maybe a hundred thousand, I don't know what he'd take. But uh, I can't. I can't talk to him because I don't know him, really. But you know something? I can talk to God because I know God and he knows me. By the way, that's in 1 John 2. You know how you know you're saved? You can talk to the Lord. You're saved. And he'll listen to you. If you're not saved, you can't do that. Now, I know people say, I ask people sometime who witnessing, are you saved? No, I'm not saved, but I pray every night. 
I'll talk to the Lord every night. No, they don't. They, they, they say some words, but they don't really pray. They just say a bunch of words. You see, if you don't know Christ, just like me trying to call the president, you can't talk to him and get an answer. Now, 1 John 5 says, 14 and 15, This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. How do we know that we know Christ? We know it because he listens to us. He hears us. We can talk to him, simply put. And he'll listen. Now there's a danger of not knowing Jesus. In Matthew chapter 7, Verse 21 through 23, the Lord said that many will say to me that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. Said not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. He said there's going to be many people that's going to say, I know Christ, I know Jesus, I know God, I know him. Verse 23 says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. They say, Oh, Jesus, we know you. You know who we are. I went to Maranatha Baptist Church. I know you. Some of them will say, we preach for you. We've done miracles. We cast out devils. Lord, you know who I am. I mean, everybody knew me. I was a big religious. I was a big wheel. You know me. The Lord said, I'm sorry. I don't know you. Oh, but we know you. He said, I don't, I'm sorry, but I don't know you. I never knew you. I didn't, listen, he didn't say, I knew you and I forgot you, did he? There's eternal security. He said, I never knew you. I didn't know you a little while, then I forgot. Sometimes, you know, I forget. <laughs> that comes to old age, doesn't it? I guess. Or middle age or whatever. Sometimes we'll be out eating somewhere and someone will come up and they'll, they'll start talking to me. And, good to see you, preacher. Good to see how things are going. I talk to them and, and they'll go on their way and uh, families say, who was that side? <laughs> they knew me, but I didn't know them. They might have heard me preach sometime or maybe I just forgot them. Some people have better memory. But the Lord said, I never knew you. I didn't forget about you. I just, I never have known you. You never have been saved. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And that's what he's going to say to people that know about Jesus, but they don't know him personally. There's coming a day, though, Jeremiah 31, 34 says, and they shall 
teach no more to every man his neighbor and every man his brother. Say, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. And that's the eternal age when we, he said, they'll not say, Know the Lord, because everybody will know Jesus. How would you like to live in a society where everybody was a Christian? I mean, not a pre pretend Christian, but everybody was a real for goodness Christian. Everybody was saved. Well, that's the way it's going to be one day. When we enter the New Jerusalem, everybody is going to know the Lord. Do you know him? you know him personally? Can you talk to him? When you open this Bible, does God talk to you? He does if you know him. Church, many thing to you. What's this all about today? Is this for real? Why'd you come? Did you come for him? Did you come for Jesus? To express in songs your love and your gratitude and praise for him. To bring your needs and pray about them and to let him talk to you through the word of God. Is that why you're here? Is there, is there a power within that motivated you to get up this morning? Get ready and come to the house of God because Jesus Christ lived inside of you and you just wanted to come fellowship with him. Let him talk to you a while through his word. The world doesn't understand. You'd rather be someone else, somewhere else to be here. They don't understand why, what, what, I mean, come and sit and let someone scream at you for an hour. <laughs> the world thinks, man, that's the dumbest thing. They don't understand because they just know about Jesus. They really don't know him. They don't know the reality of Christ. Let's bow our heads, please.